Dang. We spent an hour yesterday talking about how well the visit went for Danny Okoye, and I feel like in the, uh, I don't know, 12 hours or so since, like, we, we've kind of been validated on that opinion because anyone and everyone with a crystal ball or future cast prediction now logging predictions for Danny Okoye to end up as an Oklahoma Sooner. Wilt Fong has put one in, Cole Patterson, Spiegelman. Everyone seems to be saying, yeah, after that visit, all signs point towards Danny Okoye uh, committing and signing with OU. Still crazy to me. At one point, we didn't even think they were going to get a visit. Here we are. <laughs> this early is September. Like, honestly, if this happens, if slash when this happens, this is Miguel Chavis's magnum opus. Because, yeah, PJ was a five-star. But he wasn't a five-star when Chavis built that relationship and got P.J. to campus and got him committed. All the five-star stuff came later. The fact that Danny Okoye is regarded across the industry as a blue-chip kid and has been, has been one of the most sought-after players in the country over the last year. And the fact that as recently as four months ago, you and I and everyone else were going – yeah, there's there's no shot. Like he has he has zero interest in Oklahoma. And here we are on September fifth, and Oklahoma is the overwhelming favorite to land this kid's services. <laughs> there is no way you can do anything. It's kinda like if Todd Bates had landed Dominic McKinley. At a certain point you can't do anything but just give it up to a position coach and the rest of the staff as well for a job exceedingly well done on the trail. Yeah. No, he's Miguel Chavis, I, I think that he proved it last year, but he's proving again this cycle. He is a he's an excellent recruiter, man. I, one one of the best on the staff that they have. Miguel Chavis has done an outstanding job, and it, it feels like he's going to get Danny Okoye. And I always think it's very telling, Parker, that when a kid goes on an official visit, what two days after the official is over, when you have that many experts logging predictions in. Like I might have it a, tells a story, doesn't it? It tells a story. I got a guess as to what that story exactly is, and I'm sure a lot of listeners do as well. But that soon after a visit, when you've got Wilt Fong and Patterson and so many national guys logging predictions, it's oh, um, oh, you must have received some very good news uh, over the weekend. That's that's what it that's what it feels like to me. Still wild, man. It is Still wild because it like, is wild. I, and I remember seeing this kid throughout the spring at seven-on-seven events, and he was all decked out in Tennessee gear, and he's got pretty much every lanyard from every visit he's ever taken hanging from his backpack, and there is nary a crimson lanyard in the bunch. Yeah. And, and there's, um, I, I think this class is being filled with more guys who look like SEC players. Like we saw Gentry on Saturday, right? And Gentry out there as one of your starting corners, he just – he looks super physical. You probably has, haven't had corners, starting corners, like Gentry Williams previously. The point is, Danny Okoye at 6'5", 225, he's sitting in the same chair that I'm sitting in right now. That dude's a high school senior, and he's going to be an SEC-ready body if he does indeed end up coming to OU. Like, that is a guy physically. And then we've seen all the transformations that have happened on this roster with another uh, summer with Schmitty. Like, Okoye... He 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 got a chance, man. He he got a chance if he if he ends up uh, coming to OU, which rivals has him ranked as the number one player in the state. By the way, uh, one eighty nationally. 
Oh, He's boy. Legit, man. E- evergreen inside Texas slander on the text line. But Tyler, inside Texas, said it was a UT Tennessee battle. Yeah, that's wrong. It sounds <laughs> that like ain't it's a, true. It sounds like it's an OU versus OU battle right that now for Danny Okoye. The editor who put it out there is garbage. But um, Okoye is scheduled to be in Austin, I think, the week after the Alabama game when Texas plays Wyoming. Now, all these experts are logging predictions. And again, that tells a story, right? And we have a guess as to what that story probably is. What are the odds that he doesn't even take that Texas visit coming up in a couple of weekends? We got a doomer out here. Even if he does commit, he won't stick like Vosick. That comes from a 918 doomer. That's, I mean, I, I, the, the, the two situations there are just so, I mean, radically different. different. I don't even feel like we need to address that. Radically different. The only thing that is the same is the. The two teams being discussed in in that recruitment, but but back to it. What, what are the odds that Okoye doesn't even make it to Austin for that uh, Wyoming weekend, the week after they get curb stomped by Bama? I would say right now the, the there are pretty good odds. I should well okay. Based on what I know about the situation, there are decent odds that Danny Okoye takes no more visits. Yeah. And if there are so decent they, odds, again, it, it that adds to the story. That helps tell the story even further. If there's, if if Danny Okoye, like if, if you don't, if you want to be a doomer and not believe where the momentum is heading right now or where it's at for his recruitment, if he doesn't make that Texas visit uh, a week from Saturday, then come on, uh, you can be the the biggest doomer in the world. But even inside Texas would have to say, yeah, we're in a pretty good shape here. Uh, listener, uh, so that same listener that I one eight said he has a brother on the team at UT, right? No, okay. So now, now That's I see Mosaloo. why you said that about Okoye because there was some confusion there between Okoye and Zena Mosley. Like, okay, I, based on some conversations I've had throughout the day, Tyler, I think OU's got a shot with Zena Mosley tomorrow. Now, that's all I think they have right now because there's plenty of smoke, and I, I'm hesitant to buy any of it. Because Zena Moslu does have a brother on the team at Texas. He has visited Texas multiple times since last he was on campus at Oklahoma. And Texas is where all of the buzz has been for quite a while yep. now. But, I, I, okay, let, let me put it this way. And obviously I can't disclose all of what I have heard and been told today. But let, let me just put it this way. As we've seen several times throughout this cycle already, and this is another part of the reason why I'm kind of hesitant, the kid is telling both sides right now all of the right things about where he's going to go tomorrow. So there are reasons for Oklahoma to be confident. There are reasons for Texas to be confident. And ultimately, if he's telling both sides, hey, I'm coming there tomorrow, then does anyone really know for no, sure? No, no. I mean, I, at and, that and point, we, only the kid this. knows. This is not the first time that we've seen an instance like this. I guess you got to hope that he flipped uh, to OU on a little bit of a dime here, and he doesn't have the heart to tell the Texas staff. But I would be more inclined to kind of go about it how you're going about it. OU's got a chance tomorrow. We will pay attention to the commitment of Zena Amozalu, but still probably favor Texas at this point. However... The information, if it continues to come down in like the next few hours, that hey, no, really, like we think that we 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 really think that we're going to get him. Then, like the next few hours are pretty critical on this one. If the if the OU momentum continues here, 
But whether they get Zeno Mosulu or not, OU's got some juice right now. Or at least it feels like OU's got some juice on the recruiting trail, doesn't it? With what they did with Danny Okoye this weekend, with what happened with Daniel Akinkumi, um, with some other prospects that are out there as well that you feel good about, there's a, I think OU really feels like they have some momentum right now, a lot of positive momentum. They do have a lot of positive momentum. And look, in a world where you get Zeno Mosley tomorrow, okay, throw Miguel Chavis a parade, first of all. Secondly, if you, if you don't get that kid, let's take the opposite perspective here. If you don't get a Mosley tomorrow, but you do get Wyatt Gilmore and you do get Danny Okoye and you know with some degree of certainty that Nigel Smith is coming on Friday, then that is three blue chip edges in yeah. the same class. <laughs> and, of course, there is the one I, – I, I think the looming threat – that Oklahoma flips williams yep down the line. Which Does it happen? Does it not happen? Time will tell. But that's that's a kid with which Oklahoma's going to have a very strong chance. To I think just on its own, and, and I think that that's an interesting way to look at it right now, like what this defensive line class could look like, okay? You, you've got the cornerstone piece there with, with David Stone, and you've got some other nice pieces as well with Wyatt Gilmore, Jaden Jackson. If you just add, in my opinion, man, if you just add Danny Okoye, who's a top 200 player nationally, number one player in the state, and you add Nigel Smith, a top 90 player nationally, I think just that on its own um, really rounds out a really good defensive line recruiting class. Because we talked about it all the way back in, in January, the the need for OU to get a really good defensive line class this cycle. I think you get those two players, you've rounded that out, and then like you're talking about, there's some bonus ads there. And if you were to get... Williams Warnery, if you were to flip that one along with the D-line class you already have, yeah, that, that celebration, that parade's going to be taking place, dude. Uh, a listener from Arkansas texted in to say, what time is he committing tomorrow? Need to know if I need to have alcohol or both. cocaine Let's ready. Let's do both. Come on. Yeah, you can mix them. If it, go, if it goes OU's way, yeah, just maybe start with the alcohol first, or I, I don't know which one you, you start with. I have no idea. But, yeah, have them, have them all ready. 918, don't get me wrong, Stone is absolutely the cornerstone of this class. But I'm just about as happy to land Danny Okoye and stack this class with another big-time in-state monster. And especially love keeping another great player out of Austin. Hashtag Booma. I mean, that, that is a, a big element of this one as well, is you're keeping Danny Okoye out of Austin. You're also keeping him out of Knoxville, who you're going to play Tennessee at least once uh, while Danny Okoye is at OU. So that's, that's also a uh, very nice bonus addition to this, this entire recruitment. Another head-to-head recruiting win over Texas for a defensive lineman. That'll, uh, <laughs> that'll shape some narratives on the interwebs. I mean, it's your biggest recruiting rival. I, I feel like there's been more... Like, OU and Texas are, I mean, very often in the top five for really good players. But does it feel like there's been more recruits this year where it's been, okay, this kid's either going to OU or Texas? Feels like there's been more of that this year than maybe in the past few years. It's, it's happened quite a bit. Jay in Tulsa says, hashtag glove science. I imagine that's in reference to Williams and Winery. And yes, his previous set text said, Hey guys, will you shoot out a pick of Winery and OU gear from this past Friday? I want to troll the hell out of Mizzou Hillbillies for the third straight week. Yes, let's do it. Come on. Does such a picture exist? Because I know there were videos where you could tell that he was wearing the white OU Jumpman gloves, but I don't know that there are any pictures from that game. 
Uh, okay, let's go to uh, what do y'all think about the new rankings from the 405? Are you talking about like the new AP rankings or the new rivals rankings? Because I believe the new AP poll, Clemson is still in the top 25, and that, that is a complete and absolute joke if Clemson is still ranked after what I watched last night. Well, okay, I, and I, I actually disagree with you on that one. And the reason I disagree is because, A, that's still Clemson, and B, that wasn't an atrocious offensive performance that we saw from Clemson. They weren't ineffective, and I, you know, I kind of touched on this last hour, too. All of the mistakes from last night that we saw from Clemson are very easily fixable. Right? They weren't trying to punch their way out of a paper bag offensively. They moved the ball pretty well. They held their I own I would hope so. Defense. They were playing Duke. Yeah, well, like, my point is, though, if you eliminate those turnovers, those turnovers that, well, in two instances, you fumbled inside the 10-yard line in rainy conditions. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, there needed to be better attention to detail, but I... I'm willing to write that off as more of a fluke than not right now for Clemson. I think the question then becomes, okay, once you face off with a program like Florida State, for instance, are you going to be able to hold – or even like a North Carolina or South Carolina. I'm not ready to say that Clemson's going to win six games this year. Like, they can still bounce back and win the ACC, but I've seen one week of football. That's what I'm going off of, and they lost by three touchdowns to Duke. Duke was a good team last year. They won nine games, and I really like that quarterback. Riley Leonard can play, Riley Leonard's a dog, I I really like him at QB, but Clemson, man, that that passing game, whoo, that did uh, not look good last night in uh, Durham, North Carolina. Apparently, Patty Gasso, speaking of Cruton, thank you, Jimmy and Duncan, Gasso just landed the number three player in the nation and the number one pitcher for the uh, 2024 class. So OU football, not the only recruiting class that has some juice right now. Surprise, surprise, Patty Gasso just getting some stars uh, on her own out there on the recruiting trail. Love that. And OU basketball, men's hoops. Got a, uh, got a, got a player today as well. All right, a lot of text to get to. We'll do that next. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More Nigel Smith predictions are coming in. Terry Bussey quotes are out there. And a whole lot more. We'll do it all next right here on The Ref for the Homeless Theater fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army listening worldwide once again today via the free KREF app. Yokohama, Japan is tuned in today. Medfield, Massachusetts. Auburn Hills, Michigan. Huntsville, Alabama. Missouri City, Texas. Chesapeake, Virginia. Owensboro, Kentucky. Fairfield, Iowa. Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And for our small town of the day. Paul's Valley is tuned in as well via the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store. Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door, the official garage door company of the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, Felt good about Nigel Smith a year ago, six months ago, three months ago, a month ago, a week ago, and now more and more predictions by the day keep rolling in for OU to land the four-star defensive lineman on Friday. Um... No really, no real reason here to be even a little bit worried heading into to Friday. Was that dude the Yo Pablo OG? Was he the very first KREF guest at Yo Pablo? I don't know if he was. Um, so that day we had, who's the quarterback from Mississippi? I think it's a 25 kid. Quarterback from Mississippi. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly. Uh, uh, Emil Picarella? Yeah, Picarella is who it is. And did we have someone, I, but 
to your point, I think Nigel Smith was the first one. And that's something to be proud of. April of 2022, folks. And now here we are, three days away from what ought to be a commitment to the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, would feel uh, very surprising at, the, at this point if, uh, if that doesn't happen. Some are asking, what happened? What's, what's Patty Gasso's tweet about? Uh, OU got a uh, Sophia, uh, Sophia Bordy, 2025 class, number three overall player, uh, the number one pitcher. So that's what Patty Gasso's uh, tweet is, is all about right now. Um, any big, I mean, because OU's really kind of getting towards the end of this 2024 cycle. You had two official visitors for 2024 this past Saturday. Any yeah, officials you, for, for this Saturday? No, no officials to my I mean, knowledge. Yeah. I mean, look, at this point, who who else on the board needs an official I, visit? Let's seriously. Just, okay, so Boganowski's already taken his. Grant Bricks has taken his. Nigel, Akinkumi, and Okoye, obviously. Uh, Winery has taken his OV, as has Devin Jordan. Yeah, there's there's no real reason to dole out OVs between now and when Jordan Seaton comes to town on September 30th. And if things continue to trend in the right direction for OU with Bricks and Eddie Pierre-Louis, I said maybe maybe you tell Seaton not to even bother showing up for his OV at a certain point. Yeah, so like 25 and 26 visitors probably, I'm sure, coming in. Um, this weekend, but in terms of like a big recruiting weekend for twenty four prospects, I'm I'm with you, man. I I just I I don't think there's going to be a lot of those. Maybe any of those. It's going to be a very very low maintenance, low drama fall as far as recruiting goes. It's going to be a lot more about the twenty twenty five class than the twenty twenty four class. Nine one eight. Where do we stand with Devin Jordan? OU, TCU, and Alabama are the top three there. I would put OU and TCU a step above Bama. I don't. I, I need to have a couple conversations with a couple good sources about the Devin Jordan situation. So that's what I'm hoping to have a better read on by the end of this week. But I, I, I'm honestly surprised that kid is still uncommitted. I figured we would have had a decision by now. He's obviously released the. He's had the top five out for close to a month now. OU, Bama, TCU, A and M, and Oklahoma State. So I, I do feel like. At the end of the day, that kid, if all the current trends hold, I feel like he'll be a sooner, but it's it's too early to call that one definitively. Man, still. there were a bunch of sharks on the social media last night. Um, as soon as everyone saw Clemson starting to struggle, and towards the end of the game, it was, well, hey, Sammy Brown, Bryant Wesco, maybe we could circle back around on those guys, huh? Sammy Brown, Bryant Wesco, I, I, I bet they'd love to play for OU rather than the garbage they're, they're showing right now at Clemson. I, I don't think that OU is going to get Sammy Brown or Bryant Wesco in this class, but it still made me uh, – I, I enjoyed all of those uh, tweets last night. Once again, folks, any player who is willing to decommit from the school to which he is verbally pledged based on a single loss, ugly as that loss may have been, is probably not the type of player you want in your locker room. Because if that tells you anything – it tells you the kid is willing to bail at the first sign of adversity. Uh, 8860 from Connecticut. Parker isn't a Koye's recruitment just based on his potential. He hasn't played in a competitive program. He just seems like a major project. I don't see a major pros- uh, project at 6'5", 225. What do you think? Yeah, no, that trust me. There's a reason why everybody in the country, for the most part, has offered that kid. There's a reason why Alabama has offered him and pursued him. If Nick Saban gives you the stamp of approval, and that's really, I think, 
how you can truly measure. And it's it, it's very simple, like it's not really novel, not particularly nuanced. But with a guy like Danny Okoye or a guy like Grant Bricks or a guy like By Job last year, if the best and most accomplished college football coach of this generation is willing to say, yep, I want that kid on my team, that generally tells you, okay, he's all that. It's He's not just a product of... A crappy level of competition. Loco, Ohio. Tyler was awesome seeing you on Saturday, but here's to getting some D-line recruits this week. Cheers and Booma. Yeah, could be a, could be a very nice week for a defensive line recruitment, that's for sure. Uh, Braden Platt did go to Oregon last night. Again, if you've been listening for, what, a month? <laughs> that's, not, that's not too much of a surprise whatsoever. Uh, Braden Platt picks, uh, picks Oregon last night. So, yeah, it, it's about D-line recruitment now. Um, you are monitoring Grant Bricks as well to, to see uh, to see what he's going to do. Zane, will Nigel be a defensive tackle? Defensive ends are great, but we need tackles. No, he will be a defensive end. Yep. At least that is the plan. And look, that's not to say those plans can't change if he gets to campus and immediately gets into Jerry Schmidt's workout program and puts on 20 pounds of really good muscle. If he's 290 and hasn't lost a step and is still athletic as all get out, then, yeah, maybe you talk about moving that kid to the inside. Maybe he becomes, and this is kind of the comparison I've made with him before, is maybe he becomes somebody like Isaiah Thomas, where he's stout enough to play inside, but he's also fast enough to play outside. I don't think you have to commit yourself to playing Nigel Smith at any particular position on the line. But, as I've mentioned before, what the OU staff has sold him on is you're going to be Rondell Bothroyd when you get here. He's a pretty quiet kid. Would would you say that Rondell Bothroyd is a is a quiet guy? Because Nigel Smith, um, I don't know if he prefers to kind of be under the radar, but he's not out and uh, out and about on social media like some uh, others on the defensive line. No, and he's he's not a guy that's all about himself. But I will say, if you ever get the chance to interact with Nigel in person, he is pretty gregarious. Like, he's not he's not reserved. He's very outgoing. He's you know the shake your hand, look you in the eye, crack a joke make a sincere comment of appreciation. That's just the kind of person that he is. Uh, any chance on Bussy? Asked a texture in the 402. There was the, uh, there was the quote from On3 that came out. Every time I've been to Oklahoma, it has been great. The relationships I have built with the staff is what keeps me going back. I did see, I believe it was Cole Patterson, put in a prediction yesterday for Terry Bussy to Texas A&M. Cole Patterson, it looked like he... Had about ten different predictions that he needed to make, and he put one in for Terry Bussey to A and M. They're probably the leader at worst. They're number two right now. So, what are you hoping for right now? That he just pushes back his commitment dates? Is that really what you're hoping for? You're hoping A and M sucks. Well, you're hoping A and M gets taken like to the, the woodshed by that. Miami this weekend, and that sets the tone for another mediocre season under Jimbo Fisher. Because I, I'll tell you straight, and I, I'm sanitizing this comment that was made to me by a source close to Bussey, but. I was told last week that as far as the Bussy recruitment is concerned, he's just waiting to see if A&M's going to be crappy. So, if A&M is 3-0, 4-0 by the time Bussy commits, he's probably an Aggie. If there's a sense at that point that things might be a five-alarm fire in College Station... Then it's anybody. So I need to bust out my turnover chain, my Miami <laughs> yes. turnover chain this weekend. Yes, wear the turnover chain this weekend and throw up the. U. <laughs> it has to be a very uh, unique situation for me to ever root. I, well, 
I don't know if I'll be actively rooting for Miami. Ah, oh, gosh, Miami and A and M playing. That's just that's that's just so tough for me personally. I hate Miami. I hate Texas A and M. Um, but if there's even a small chance that this could help out OU with Terry Bussey, I guess I guess I'll just wear my turnover chain on Saturday or uh, or have one made. I don't I don't know, but yeah, A and M not being very good uh, could flip his recruitment for sure. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Are we going to see Kamar Wheaton this weekend? Probably so. Hmm. Yeah. Boy, you, you talk about terrible feelings after a uh, commits. I mean, nothing is going to beat what's happened here a couple of times in the past two years, but Kamar Wheaton felt like a pretty bad beat at the time. At the time that it happened. Yeah, that wasn't fun. But now you look back and say, oh, that wasn't a big deal. What were we, saw, what were we so worried about at that time? Yeah, he's like the one running back that they tried to go after in that class. But, yeah, you know, he's at SMU now. It's, it's all good. Well, we get worked up for with Kamar Wheaton. All right, we'll get to more of your text. And uh, we got Click Crossgrove predicting Bricks, Boganowski, and Jason Ross to different schools. Interesting. We'll tell you who he predicts coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Bob Stoops joins us on the rush. Coming up next hour at 3.05, so a few minutes earlier today. But we will talk to uh, Coach Stoops coming up uh, next hour. Okay, Clint Cosgrove of Rivals predicts Grant Bricks, Michael Boganowski, and Jay Sean Ross. For Grant Bricks, he says, I'm really torn on this one. It's recently appeared to be a three-way battle amongst K-State, OU, and Nebraska. Now it appears to be a two-way battle between the Sooners and Huskers. I'm torn as Nebraska is closer to home and desperately needs offensive linemen, but also started the season a little shaky. Oklahoma, while further from home, it's much closer to contending for a championship and has been turning out NFL offensive linemen at an impressive clip. This could come down to proximity and a chance to play early versus development and a legit chance at playing for a championship. Clint predicts the University of Oklahoma for Grant Bricks. Really? Yeah. Hello, Clint. Did you think he was going to go to Nebraska there? Uh, I, that was my concern. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's got Bricks to Oklahoma. Michael Boganowski, he's got Kansas State. Ah, He's got Kansas State. Uh, this looks to be a two-program race down the stretch with OU, KSU battling it out for the four-star athlete. Um, OU is slated to have him on campus for a game day visit over the weekend. OU's defensive performance surely had to have made an impression on him, saying Florida State and Kansas could also make a push for Boganowski, but he doesn't seem to be in a hurry to make a decision. This is a hard pick, and I'm not willing to put in a future cast, but I'll go with Kansas State for now. Did he future cast Bricks? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think that he, I don't think that he has. No, he's, come on, Clint. For, for both of those, Boganowski and Bricks, you know, one goes OU's way, but it feels like both. He's this is a two-team race, and I'll lean this way, but there's there's some things that could happen here. I think both those guys end up at Oklahoma, but that's just me. Okay, the third guy, Jay Sean Ross, which yeah, Nebraska, which the, no no surprise there. Yeah, and honestly, I'm I'm not even convinced he ends up in Nebraska because I, I I don't know whether he will be a take there. There are some. I, let Let me just put it this way: the reasons Oklahoma moved on from him back in June 
are the same reasons that a lot of schools have elected to move on from Jay Sean Ross, and it's the reason why you saw him officially reopen his recruitment a couple weeks ago. There are some red flags there in terms of off-field problems. Yeah, um, Nebraska's got a lot going on right now. It's they they, they need they need good players on both sides of the ball, but Matt Rule kind of seems he's 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 an OBS guy up there in Lincoln, and I, I think that that's 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 something that they need up there. Who's the early favorites uh, as as it's uh, September fifth? Early favorite for K Ref Recruiter of the Month is it Miguel Chavis? Is he the betting favorite as of right now for what seems to be coming this month? Yeah, if we were handicapping the race, I'd say Chavis has the inside track. But I I also think with the knowledge that Bricks could drop literally at any time, I I do not care what else happens unless Williams Winery were to flip by the end of the month. If Bill Biedenboe gets Grant Bricks committed, he is your recruiter of the month. Be his highest rated prospect in this year's class, man. I mean, that getting Grant Bricks, I don't know where it would fall on the scale, like on signing day of where – where he fits in terms of who people are most excited about. But in terms of offensive players, he should be right there towards the top of offensive players that you get this cycle. I was talking to a couple buddies up in Junction City that cover Kansas State. Uh, a couple guys I've known for a long time. and <laughs> We got around to talking about Grant Bricks, and they were like, my gosh, dude, that's an NFL lineman. So it, it's nice to know that everybody kind of shares the same opinion about Grant Bricks, which is that dude's a stone-cold killer. Now – I, I was having this conversation last night. I would be willing to make the argument that Grant Bricks, if he were a Sooner, would be Bill Biedenboe's biggest recruiting win of his career at the University of Oklahoma. You're talking about where he's rated, uh, the area of the country that he's from, the challenges that he would have to overcome to get Grant Bricks, just like everything. Not not in terms of the highest-rated prospect. You're just talking about all the factors that go into this. Yeah, given the circumstances and given how good of a player I believe and many believe Grant Bricks has the opportunity to be at the collegiate level, as I look at what Bill Biedenboe has done as a recruiter at the University of Oklahoma, he's had some impressive wins over the years. But this, in my opinion, would be the biggest. Now, it is easy in retrospect to say, oh, getting Ben Powers from Juco, that was a huge win. Getting Orlando Brown, that was a huge win. Cody Ford, oh, yeah, sure. Those guys were all three stars. Yeah. So, yes, in hindsight. When in KU and K-State didn't even want Ben Powers well, exactly. out of high school. In correct. hindsight, great work by Bill Biedenboe. But at the time, uh, to be honest with you, was Oklahoma going toe-to-toe with the heavy hitters? And a steep circumstantial disadvantage for Orlando Brown and Cody Ford and Ben Powers. No, not really. And so I would be more impressed with Bill Biedenboe if he pulled Grant Bricks than I ever have been with Bill Biedenboe for winning any individual recruitment before. Because you are talking about a kid who has the potential to be top 50. A kid who who grew up in the state of Iowa. A state where generally, especially big-time offensive linemen, do not wander outside state lines. They go to Iowa or they go to Iowa State. So... You get him from a territory that typically has a fence around it, and you're able to overcome all of his and his family's inhibitions about the distance. To me, I I don't know what win for Biedenboe and his career at Oklahoma stacks up. Well, to this here's one. a few from the text line: Creed Humphrey. I mean, that's that's not a Shawnee. I mean, yeah. that's you know, I, I he was a did he commit to A and M at one point or was he just an A and M? 
lean at one point. Anyway, like the proximity that you're talking about really is the point here because of how important that seems to to be with Grant Brick's recruitment. There is a uh, Caden Green that's on there, and I think even the proximity for Caden Green compared to that of Grant Brick's is even a little bit different as well. Um, The recruiting doer says, you mean Bill Biedenboe winning the Bray Walker commitment wasn't a big one? It's probably his highest-ranked commit that he's ever – or highest signee that he's ever received. Yeah, but again, is it that tough? Relatively speaking, is it that tough? Is it as tough to get Bray Walker from 10 miles up the road as it is to get Grant Bricks from seven hours away? In my mind, no. And Caden Green was a huge win. Huge win for Bill Biedenboe. But here's what I will tell you about Caden Green. That kid was so in love with Oklahoma – that all Oklahoma had to do in order to get his commitment was not screw it up, and they didn't. I'm not saying that there is a hole with this offensive line class right now, but if you're able to secure a commit for Grant Bricks, like where is, and it may not exist, that's kind of the point I'm leading to, there may not be, like where's the real hole in this recruiting class if you finish with Grant Bricks? Because it's not the offensive line, it damn sure ain't at running back, you got two quarterbacks committing, Five wide receivers, right? We talk about the defensive line class all the time. I I guess maybe some could be disappointed that James Nesta is your only linebacker, but this goes back to a text a couple of minutes ago from Chase and OC that says, Venable's recruiting versus Muleshoe's recruiting just hits different. Super excited about this class. And the first two full classes that we've seen from Brent Venables and this staff, last year was the most balanced class on both sides that I can remember in a long time for OU. And this one is really shaping up to be very similar to that as well. Very similar to that. This class, mm, man, it depends on how some of these big-time decisions go down the stretch. But I think you can make the argument that this class is shaping up to be even better than what was an insane haul in 2023, all things considered. And a very balanced one at that. But picture this, if you will. I was having a text exchange with a friend the other night about Grant Bricks. And picture, if you will... An offensive line of Caden Green, Jake Taylor, Josh Bates, Grant Bricks, and Big Sexy, Jacob Sexton. That would do criminal things. That's an offensive line that you want to carry into the SEC. Yeah, no, it is, for sure. I I, I think that there's I, I think there's reasons to be optimistic about this offensive line, but when you look at the young talent, and it's not just like two or three, right? Like they have some it feels like they have some real depth here with young talent mo- here moving forward. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm. I feel pretty good about O line here moving t- towards uh, the SEC. They just need to get those guys some reps, and I think that they will. I think that they will. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You know what we're doing next? We're talking more OU Cruton. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In. A reminder, Bob Stoops coming your way next hour at 3.05. We'll ask him about the Arkansas State game and the upcoming SMU game as well. Okay, so we let off the show talking about Danny Okoye, his recent OV in Norman. All of the predictions and crystal balls that are rolling in right now for OU to land Danny Okoye. And we'll start with him in terms of weekend visitors. Is there any sort of timeline whatsoever on when Danny Okoye could be making a decision? Is it imminence after all these predictions are rolling in? 
I think it'll be reasonably soon. And, you know, he kind of teased in his tweet yesterday that it could be before the month of October hits. I would agree. I would agree. I would say within the next three to four weeks should have a decision from Danny Okoye. Now, once I get a more exact idea of what the timeline is, I'll certainly pass that along. But I, I don't think we'll be waiting forever. What about Daniel Locke and Kumi? Uh, he takes one OV to OU. All the predictions are rolling in. Apparently, he's not going anywhere else. So that would make one think, potentially, that a decision could be happening soon. Yeah, you want you want a date on that one? I'll give you a date on that one. Tonight? October 12th. Mm, October so, 12th. Yeah, got to gotta wait that one out a little bit. But, yeah, I, I fully expect that one to go OU's direction next month. Uh, yeah, I, I would... Uh... I would. <laughs> when it comes to Daniel Kumi and Danny Okoye right now, uh, nothing is a certainty in recruiting, but those two seem like they're in a in a really, really good spot right now uh, for OU. 918, what about Eddie Pierre-Louis, Tampa Catholic, rivals 2024 number two offensive guard. OU in top five, but appears to be headed to a Florida school. Haven't seen any rivals future cast. OU, I don't know if I would call OU the outright leader. However, I know... Steve Wilfong did call OU the leader this morning. At least that's what was relayed to me by a couple of folks who uh, were paying very close attention to Wilfong's reports on everything that was going on in the aftermath of OU's big visit weekend. So there are those, including Steve, that believe OU is the outright leader right now for Eddie Pierre-Louis. Would I say that? No. I would not give OU the outright lead, but... They are in an absolute dogfight right now with UCF, and they have they have been able to make some legit headway in their pursuit of Eddie Pierre-Louis. And two months ago, I'd have told you that kid was going to UCF. One month ago, I'd have told you that kid was going to UCF. Right now, I'd say, yeah, it's probably still UCF, but by the absolute slightest of margins. And if you can get that kid back to campus at any point, that might be enough to sway him. You mentioned two months ago you thought he was going to UCF. Um, how about just the offensive line class in gen- general? Because we, we mentioned yesterday that there's a world where OU could take six offensive linemen in this class. And that same timeline that you're talking about two months ago, two, two and a half months ago, there was a real doom and gloom feel on this offensive line class for OU. And not that it's filled with four stars across the board, but I think that there is a much more positive feel surrounding OU offensive line recruiting than it was you know, earlier in the summer. It's, it's in a much better spot than it, than it was in, what, June or so. Yeah, I mean, you had to play the long game with Grant Bricks. You're in position now to win out in that recruitment. You've had to play the long game with Eddie Pierre-Louis. Still doesn't feel like you're anywhere close to out of the woods, and I I don't know if we get a decision by the end of September from that kid. But if that recruitment plays out like the Bricks recruitment did, then, man, all in all, you got to be thrilled. You have to be thrilled with the class that Bill Biedenboe has put together. You get a local interior mauler in Josh Iasosa. You get a big-bodied versatile offensive lineman from out west and Eugene Brooks, the guy that probably projects inside perhaps to center. You get a long, rangy offensive tackle in Isaiah Autry from the state of Mississippi, and then you have the chance to close it out by going international for Daniel Akinkunmi, a very high-ceiling athlete. 
and then my favorite offensive lineman in the entire nation in Grant Bricks, pending Eddie Pierre-Louis as well, yeah, yeah, that's good. That is the Lord's work. And, right and, and I know that we talk a lot about Grant Bricks. I mean, he's just he's a very important piece of this recruiting class right now, but just I, I think you all know that he's really good, but there was a rival's factor fiction what last week that said, should he be, should he get more consideration for the number one offensive tackle in this recruiting class? So that's that's the type of player that we're talking about with Grant Bricks. Uh, from the seven three two state of New Jersey, Sam Speaks just dropped a prediction to Texas for Zena Amosalu. Okay, yeah, all right, okay, not well. not not super shocking, right? But um, you were hearing some interesting things from the yeah. OU camp. But we said that we would monitor them into the. Uh, commit yesterday, not telling anyone to get their hopes up, but all right. And Sam's typically on the ball. Um, If he dropped a prediction, then that is one to pay attention to. And again, like at the end of the day, the safe money was always on the fact that Amosalu was just kind of using Oklahoma to make it seem like the easy choice wasn't going to be the choice in Texas. And I'll circle around with some sources on the OU side and see if anything has changed there. But I... I was pretty skeptical of that from the get-go, and knowing that Spiegelman is predicting Texas to or uh, Mosalu to Texas only adds another layer to the skepticism. But we'll know. We'll know tomorrow. We won't have to sweat this one out for long. Nine four nine. That England offensive lineman guy looks like a stud. Yes, 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 yes. yes he does. Daniel Locke and Kumi, in fact, uh, does look like he got a chance to be a big time, big time offensive lineman. All right, that'll do it for Locked In. Again, Bob Stoops coming your way in about five minutes. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans.